Hi, I'm Dr. Otto Jenkin. Welcome. Welcome to the Empire Longevity Podcast. Our very first business podcast we did was on a company that I freaking love. I love their product a lot too, but I was, in, I was in, amazed by their business model, and that was Guinness. I absolutely love Guinness. This one, our second, our second business uh, podcast is with a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, and a business associate, Dr. Sean Dill. Dr. Sean Dill, glad to have you with us today on the Empire Longevity Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Super excited. You know that Empire Longevity is something near and dear to my heart. Can't wait for the normalcy. Everybody's talking about the new normal. I can't wait for normalcy to return. We've got big plans and things that uh, we want to see happen with the entire project of longevity for, for people all over the globe. Really, it's a, what a fundamental aspect of, of us being here is longevity. First of all, I'm going to get this. We need to talk about this. I read a ton of books on a regular basis for all our listeners. I'm going to recommend that you put this one on the shelf, None of Your Business, by Dr. Dill and Dr. Book. We'll talk about Dr. Book. Hey, by the way, do you know there are two different copies of this? Yes, I do. Okay, never mind. Let's start off with this. One of my favorite quotes that you have is that, have a conviction stronger than your desire to please. Where'd that come from and how is that, how's that? made opportunities for you and how'd you push through all that? Well, it came from a signature story in, in speaking. So when you speak, you should have a signature story. And, and the signature story was really based off of Rosa Parks. And I started to look at a lot of figures in history. And one of the things that I realized is that history only remembers those who have a conviction stronger than their desire to please. I mean, you could just name anybody. And look, I got to tell you this too. It's also on the bad side. It's on the wrong side of history. But these people also had convictions. So if you want to make a mark, then you have to have a conviction stronger than your desire to please. If you are just a people pleaser, uh, you know, statistically, you're just going to be that, the status quo, the average. You're just going along. You're doing what everybody wants you to do. Right. Boy, in these times, right, isn't that something that's a, a big challenge? But the people that have convictions, that believe in something and are willing to actually go against the grain for that conviction, they're the ones that actually shape and leave their mark on history. You talk about in your group, uh, you have a fantastic group with which I'm not going to promote a whole bunch of things, but there's a couple of things I am going to promote today. One is getting that book. The other one is becoming a member of the Black Diamond Club, which I've been a member for, I think, four years or so. And it's a group that's of like-minded people, of, of diverse amount of thinking, that have come together into the cohesion of business. And one of the great things that you have talked about for a long time, which I've loved, is that you're not someone who, who goes for the shiny thing right now, but you're in business for the long game. How did that come about? And that is so counterintuitive to what we're doing today, especially in today's market and business mindsets. Well, first of all, the two recommendations you gave go hand in hand. So if you go to amazon.com and get the book, None of Your Business, somewhere towards the end, there is a link where you can actually join Black Diamond Club for free for 90 days. And so all you got to do is go to Amazon, get the book. Then once you get the book, Flip to the back before you read it. Find that link. Get yourself signed up. We'd love to have you. We'll make you feel right at home. I'm sorry? Great family there. Great family. Yeah. In the the long game idea, I mean, 
look, there's there. I've played the short game. And I think that honestly, one of the strange stories, and I don't know that very many people know this, is that in I, I, I lived in Costa Rica for a very long time. And I lived in a, a one of the uh, wealthier neighborhoods towards the end of my career there It was a gated community. And all of my neighbors were online bookies. You know, at that time, uh, Costa Rica was the home to internet sports gambling, right? So they were all online bookies. And so I have experience in the online gambling world in the sense that my neighbors, like, you know, I would go and we would hang out, I would watch them, I would see how they would, you know, set the lines and the things that they would do. And I realized some, one of my friends told me, Sean, if you get the closing line, you can never win. And I was like, wow, like, so really in online sports betting, the bookies were afraid of the people, the sharp gamblers, they were betting in the beginning, they had done their research. And that means that it was a long play. That means that they were betting, you know, future bets. They, and I was like, wow. And he told me you can never win. If you're always betting the closing line, you will never win. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And so kind of transferring that over into business, I feel it's the same way. That's the shiny object. You're, you're with your friends. Somebody's saying, oh my gosh, Tesla stock is up. And you're like, oh, well, I'm going to buy Tesla. Well, you're getting the closing line. You're getting right. it after, right. right? The reason why they're celebrating is because they bought it years ago and they're, they're recounting their experience over time. The same thing with everything in business, in my opinion. You know, relationships are never the best if, you know, you got the closing line. If you just met somebody, like, you know, last, you know, at the bar last night, that, that's not a strong relationship. You need to be playing a long game over time. Business marketing strategies, business sales strategies are better played out over the long game. The long game traditionally plays out very well. In fact, right now, too, right, you know, on the day that we're recording this, a lot of people are worried about the stock market, for example. And I was listening to a particular financial advisor that was saying, look, you, the, here's the key. Just don't panic. Just know that over time, over time, you have a winner. You have a winning hand. The stock market over time is going to produce for you. Here's when you get in trouble when you play the short game. When you're like, oh, you know, day trading is hard. When you're selling off. And, but if you're like, I put my money in, it's fine. I'm going to come back to it in five, ten years. The odds are greatly in your favor that you're going to come out way ahead versus if you were buying and selling all along that time. Right, right, right. Awesome. So let's talk about that one word you used there was panic. It's We've had shutdowns left and right. At the uh, beginning of this year, we had about 32 million, 30 million small businesses in America. What are the steps, the mindsets, the tactics or strategies, even just a one or two of them they can take from this, that they can start getting it the cohesion of business now in the last quarter of 2020 and back into 2021, back into the game. What are some steps they can do? Well, you know, I was just at, I was just at Costco about an hour ago and I was noticing they had this big display and on the display, it was this entire huge Costco display and it had a multitude of um, PPE. They had the glass mask things, the uh, mask that you could wear, like a, a mask kit that had hand sanitizer in it thin mask, heavy mask. And I was thinking to myself, like, either this is here to stay. And so this is a smart move. Like, human beings are always going to wear masks. Or, oh my gosh, I was looking at the display. I was like, how many masks, how many people out there are in the mask game? And potentially in three to six months, hopefully in my mind, are there's no demand for that anymore. Right. So 
inside of what should we be doing? Number one, we need to really evaluate your offering. Like, does your offering have longevity or are you, and again, that's a great example. I have friends that made millions selling masks, you know, and that's being an opportunist and nothing wrong with that, but it's not a long game. It's not, it's not going to last forever. And so question number one for everybody is, is my product or service does, or does my product or service have longevity, right? So the longevity theme, if it's just temporary, you might want to reconsider and this would be a great time to transition and shift, especially if you're in a lull, you're a down point, get into some business that has longevity. Listen, dentists are going to be fine. Doctors are going to be fine. You know, gyms, as much as they were battered, they're going to be fine. Restaurants are going to be fine. Grocery stores are going to be fine, right? Cosmetic surgery, maybe not so much. Maybe in difficult times, most people or a lot of people stop looking at that as an option. Luxury cars. I and mean, really when I say luxury, I mean middle range. The high-end luxury will always be fine as well. But one, see if you have longevity. Two, Invest in strategies that also are long-term or your, do you ask yourself, do your strategies have longevity? You know, Facebook ads and people know this and, and look, I'm involved in, in companies that, that I have equity in that, that do digital marketing. But this is a constantly changing game. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to jump into Facebook ads and make a million dollars. Well, that doesn't have longevity. If your business is built entirely on Facebook ads, and believe me, like I said, I have businesses. I hope you're buying Facebook ads. I hope you're getting agency services from companies like ours, but that's not a long-term strategy, right? And you want a mix of short-term and long-term strategies, but this is the moment for you to reevaluate your strategies and make sure that you are betting big on the futures. Why? Because too, everybody knows right now that this is a time when a lot of people are panicking. This is a time of uncertainty. So in a time of uncertainty, I want to have future bets rather than, you know, picking games that are right here, 50-50 coin flips. And frankly, look, a lot of what's going on out in the world is more based off of a coin flip. Rather than speculating, pick something that's going to have a lot of stability, long-term strategies like that. And I'll tell you the number one um, investment strategy that 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 will always pay out is investing in human beings, right? So investing in relational capital right now, that's the best play because relational capital, honestly, too, doesn't cost you anything. It's just you pouring into somebody, investing into the person, into the relationship. And look, frankly, for a lot of people like me, there's a lot of, lot of people that are calling me. You don't even have to do a whole heck of a lot to make sure that, that that investment is there. I mean, I don't require you to text me every day, message me, call me. I mean, you know, just that one touch point and, and I'm happy, I'm good. So yeah, and investing in human capital probably is the surest bet that I could give you right now. So define that a little bit better. What do you mean by the human, by relationship and, and the human capital? What's, what's something we can do and how easy is that to do? Well, one of the things that we've been thinking about strongly is, is actually writing a second book. And the other book, the second book title would either be OPM or OPC, other people's money or other people's capital. But the basis of the book is creating partnerships and collaborations based on relational capital versus, you know, acquiring equity because of fundraising, putting money in. And I think you're going to see this in, in, in a time when the economy appears to be potentially shrinking, the relational capital is going to be what plays. And so let's say that you have influence, you know, certain people, maybe your Rolodex is deep, or you have strong connections to certain people. And those connections can be leveraged to help a particular business grow. For example, I'll give you an example. A lot of our clients, and I know that you've done this as well, did a benevolence campaign where during this difficult time, 
we had asked a lot of our clients to go out and, and really put their community, the small business community on their backs and to help as many people as possible by opening, opening up a $100 tab at a coffee shop, at a sandwich store, smoothie shop, and inviting the community to come in and take advantage of the tab, knowing full well that most people will also buy additional stuff, right? So they'll come in, they'll buy, and that would help the, the business. Now what I'm doing is after we've done that, if, and, and for my clients who have been very regular in doing that, and the community now knows and sees that client of mine as a benevolent benefactor to the community, we are still seeing, even in spite of that effort, that there's businesses that are closing. But for example, I've been asking some of my clients to identify those struggling businesses and go to them, and especially ones, and this is really unique. I, I frankly haven't seen this in mass like I have with, with the current situation, we have announced closings. Like, I am going to close my doors at the end of October, for example. So people would say that. And I'm like, wow. And my only analysis, my only thought on that is that they probably have a lease and they've managed to negotiate themselves out of the lease and they might as well stay there versus close. They're going to stay through the end of the month. So my clients are going into those businesses and asking them, hey, what's going on? Are you, are you closing up because you ran out of money? which is happening a lot, that's the prevailing answer, or are you closing up because you're sick of you know, doing this? And if they're closing up because they just didn't have the money, they didn't have the cash flow, my clients are asking them if they can make an attempt, make a run at saving them. And what we're doing is we're leveraging our relational capital. So we're taking our clients' influence and we're going out and we're asking people to make an all-out, last-ditch effort to save the coffee shop. Now, on a business standpoint too, and this might irritate some people, but I do think it's fair, is my clients are telling the coffee shop, you know, so you're, you're going to close at the end of October. Can I try and save it? If I do manage to save it and you are open on November 1st, I would like 10% equity, right? Because you were going to close anyways. And it doesn't cost me anything. I just go out and I rally because I have influence because I'm a leader and people will come in and all we need is people to start going to the coffee shop, people to start buying three coffees, you know, buy more than you normally would because we just need you to help. And I think that the community mindset too in the, in the, in the heart and soul of a community, if you have relational capital and you're doing this from a place of authenticity, is we want to save our small businesses. And so that's what I mean. If you have the ability, you can do so much with relational capital. You could ask your, you could make phone calls. You can ask your friends to support. You can ask your friends to post on social media. You could, you know, influence maybe political figures to come into the coffee shop. There's so much that you could do today just with your telephone or with social media that has massive power. And in fact, has bigger power than just throwing money at it. Right. Absolutely. The awareness that comes along with that, more people get the uh, the boots in the door. Absolutely. But we get something unique because I'm a, I'm a BDC member. We went to a local t-shirt company, designed a t-shirt, sold the t-shirt, took the proceeds from that, went to different companies. Love that. It was so simple to do. Let's uh, switch things up a little bit. How cool is it that you get to work with your wife? Uh, that's super cool. We, this morning, we woke up, went to uh, the store together, lunch together, did some work. I mean, it's, it's the best. It, I mean, a lot of people always think it's weird. Like, oh my gosh, you guys work together. But then I always think when people say that, like, what kind of relationship do you have? Like who wouldn't want to like hang out with your best friend all day long and make money and help people like <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> what, where did your, where did your business mindset come from? You know, cause first of all, is, is it, were you born with it? Did you learn it? What, uh, what tree did you fall out of? What, uh, where'd that come from? Losing. 
losing losing is the best way to learn anything. Although, you know, mentors, coaches like myself would say you should leverage other people's experience so that you don't have to experience the same thing. But when you ask where mine came from, being dead, absolutely broke after one year in business, learning from the school of hard knocks, I mean, dead broke, and then building it all up. And I think this is a common trait amongst successful people and then losing it all again and being dead broke again a second time now eight years after I had started my business and then building it all back again for a second time. And look, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe I'm hard headed, but I really don't plan on uh, making the same mistakes a third time. Right. But I think, (laughs) and I think that's one of the things I think that sharing your mistakes, I find that in my teaching, you know, in the book, those are people's favorite parts is when we lost because yeah, anybody could win, but it takes a really special person to get knocked down and then get back up and then get knocked down again and then get back up. And then, and not only that, but to learn from those lessons. So where does it come from? I, I, I just don't ever, every day, I don't have any problem getting motivated because I don't want to go back to right. eating beans and rice again. Right, right. Someone asked me, I'm 20 years in practice. How'd you get here? And I said, because I've, I've died a couple of times in practice and that's how I got here. And they said, well, how are you willing to do this? I said, because I did it bad for, I mean, there was a 10 year practice, 10 year time frame in my practice where I was actually just terrible in practice. Who are your uh, mentors now? Who do you learn? Jay Abraham, Dave Meltzer. I mean, and then a whole host of people that I think are, are super cool. And this is interesting over time because of an understanding in relational capital now mentors are are friends. Yeah. You know, people like Chris Winfield, Jen Gottlieb, Matthew Kimberly, Jessen Chinapan, you know, all of those people are, are are friends. And of course, then a lot of them I work with. I, I, I learn a lot from Tristan Schaub, you know, my wife Lacey, people that, that are on the team, Frank Jew, Travis Lucero. I mean, these are all super smart people. And then of course on the social media side, you got Dennis Yu and uh, Tristan Parmel. I think that that also too, you know, if I'm going to admit a secret is and I'm not the brightest person on the planet, but one thing bright that I've done is I've surrounded myself with incredible, incredible people right. who one are super smart and two also are invested enough in me that they refuse to let us lose. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That, that's a, that's a, that's a unique option right there. First of all, today's your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. What, uh, and the big uh, thing we want to know is, is cake on the, uh, on the agenda today? No, and you know what? I, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo with stuff like that. I don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. I eat prime rib. I, I don't love cake. I love milkshakes. Not sure if I'll even have a milkshake today, but if I, if I were having a birthday, a birthday dessert, it would definitely be a milkshake, not cake. I don't eat a lot of cake. You ever been to uh, Whitey's in uh, Devonport? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. If it's ice cream, I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whitey's is a, a small place in Davenport, Iowa. They make bizarrely great stuff. Uh, Dr. Sean Dill, our last comment from you is that all of our um, uh, guests we have on the podcast, we want to understand, have you understand that uh, longevity in Empire Longevity is the act and intent of being so healthy that you leave something great behind. What's the one thing or one couple of things you're going to leave that are great behind? Well, before I jump into that, I, I just, my, my thought process on that is this, is that you cannot give what you do not have. That's why right. the uh, Empire Longevity 
as a project is so important because so many people, so today we're talking business. So, you know, so many people feel like they've taken on poverty or poverty complex as like a burden, but you're, you're, the easiest path to you helping other people be rich is to be rich yourself, right? You can't give what you don't have. There's no amount of poverty that you can acquire that will make somebody else rich. <laughs> but the same thing then applies to health, right? Because if you are acquiring riches or abundance economically, financial abundance in sacrifice of your health, well, that doesn't work either. And there's so many people that are like, well, I'm sick because I've like taken on this burden. You know, I'm sick because I had to work for my family. Well, what good is that? Right. right. Because there's no one, uh, no amount of sickness that you can take on that will make somebody else healthy. The best way for you to promote and propagate health, just like what Otto does, is to be healthy yourself, right? To, to make smart choices with your finances and with your health. And look, the same thing with love, you know, love and hate, you know, the best way to propagate love is to love you're not you can't hate to you know to resolve the the love crisis in the world and so i think that it's it's all of these things all at the same time that that you cannot separate when we talk longevity we're talking life and so interestingly i think that one of the best things that you could do to create longevity for your for your uh, financial health is to worry about your physical health because you are no good. You're absolutely no good if you're stuck in bed or you, you, know, you, can't, you can't eat or you're lethargic or you don't have the right energy. And so if you wanna make an impact, here's what I, I say is that you must place your health first as a priority. And so many people are putting someone else first. But I always say, I always teach in business, the world revolves around you. If you're listening to this podcast, the world revolves around you, not me, not Otto. It revolves around you. Because if you are not at your absolute best, look at all of the people that end up suffering as a result of that. So as an impact, I would say to everybody, start placing yourself first because the world absolutely does depend on your ability to serve, your ability to show up, your ability to produce, to be a father, a mother, all of those things. And none of them can happen if you do not have your health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that was, uh, that was deep. That was, uh, that was a heavy one right there. Absolutely love that. Dr. Sean Dill, for our friends out there, highly recommend Amazon. Get down there right now. None of your business. You will inhale that book in a short period of time. I recommend that you have a pencil and a, a piece of paper with you because you're going to be taking tons of notes. I actually have two copies with me right now. One that I do my notes in and one that I always uh, keep as a, a reference anyways. Dr. Sean Dill, appreciate your time, your expertise, and your love. Keep, keep your light shining, please, because it helps show the way for others. Dr. Otto Janke, thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. How was that, man? Perfect. That was great. Yeah. We, uh, we can do this. Hey, man. Thank you so much. What's your guys' situation? You guys still can't travel, quarantine, all that stuff? They just passed a short time ago. No, we can't. And that I was anticipating being, they have the 15-minute test at Tampa. And it's like 100 bucks, 125 bucks, and they, they, you can get it done. In New York, um, it doesn't matter if you're tested, you're still 14 days. Oh, my God. You show up, you have a negative test, and you go quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. And I was going to do it twice. I was going to do it once I got there and once I came back. Good Lord. And they're looking now in some places in New York, shutting down nine 
nine zip codes in uh, New York City. New York City. Going back, going back to lockdown. Going back to lockdown. There's so many people. First of all, a thousand people a day move to New York or move to Florida. A thousand people a day move to Florida. And in our neighborhood, so many from New York. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Bizarre. It sucks. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. should be about a month. And then depending on how that turns out, hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll lift. You know, we work with what we got to work with. Yep. You got to play the hand you're dealt. Yep. All right, man. Talk to you soon. We got to get you, uh, when this all gets cleared up and you can break free, we got to get you down, do another work session, put together all of the uh, podcast network and start building this out. Super hard for people when they can't, you know, on the longevity scene, coronavirus is hard to be promoting longevity, but it'll, it's going to clear and then you know, it'll be good. Yeah. So we're, we're doing more stuff like this and we're diversifying into the, the mindset of, of uh, longevity so we can talk about other things. I've got a couple of great uh, interviews coming up. You seen the, have you seen kiss the kiss the ground? No, it's on, um, it's on Netflix and I've, I've got a conversation invite into one of the authors of that. It's, 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 it's a neat, neat collaboration of, all these things we can do for the environment. And so we got a couple of really neat ones coming up with uh, some, some pretty big names. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, man. Cool. Hey, happy birthday. Thanks Otto. Appreciate you, buddy. Get yourself a milkshake. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao. <laughs>